Support for WABE comes from the Community Foundation for Greater Atlanta. If you love Atlanta, you can invest in the big picture. Learn more at cfgreateratlanta.org. I'm Erlon Woods. I'm Nigel Poor. We're the hosts and creators of Ear Hustle from PRX's Radiotopia. Ear Hustle is a show about life inside prison, but it's not your typical prison podcast. In this next season, we've got stories about the objects people keep inside their prison cells. About residents in a women's prison who say they want to stay there. And the most beautiful prison garden. Erlon, I will never forget it. Ear Hustle. Stories about life on the inside, told by those who live it. Find Ear Hustle wherever you get your podcasts. From WABE in Atlanta, welcome to this Friday edition of Closer Look. I'm Rose Scott. Coming up with today's program, we know it is clear finding affordable housing in the Atlanta region is, well, challenging, and especially for seniors. But we'll hear how the Housing Authority of DeKalb County and the Housing Development Corporation partnered to build a new senior community in the city of Clarkston. And get this, every unit is below market rate. Plus, we revisit part of our conversation with Atlanta Mayor-elect Andre Dickens as he shares how he plans to take on a number of issues awaiting him when he's sworn into office next month. And that includes Buckhead. All that's just ahead, but first, this news. As you heard on NPR, Atlanta Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is now formally recommending booster doses of Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine for 16- and 17-year-olds. The agency issued guidance yesterday, shortly after the U.S. Food and Drug Administration gave the boosters emergency approval. Now, CDC Director Rochelle Walensky says scientists are still learning how well the vaccines protect against the Omicron variant. Even so, she says early data suggests boosters help increase immune protection against all variants of the coronavirus. In other news, a federal judge has rejected motions to dismiss a number of lawsuits challenging Georgia's sweeping new election law. The decision yesterday from a federal judge in Atlanta means the lawsuits from groups like the American Civil Liberties Union of Georgia can proceed. The plaintiffs say the state's new law infringes on voter rights and will make it harder for people of color to cast ballots. Now, Georgia lawmakers put the new voting rules in place earlier this year. Of course, a lot of this stems from unfounded claims of fraud in the 2020 presidential election pushed by former President Donald Trump and many Republicans in the state. And it's all these conversations that we've had throughout the year about all those issues you just heard me mention, affordable housing, the coronavirus, the 2020 presidential election, even though we're still talking about that. But these are conversations that are important. And as mentioned, coming up in a moment, affordable housing and seniors and that new senior community in Clarkston, Georgia. So here we are on a day like today where we ask you to think about all those type of conversations we bring to you every day on Closer Look. So where are we? Well, we're in our year in fundraiser. We're asking for your donations because, you know what, it helps us to create better understanding and interesting reviews and a few smiles. Right now, we've got yet another reason for you to give, and I'm joined this hour by our WABE business and tech reporter. I call him Super E, Emil Moffitt. Welcome. Hey, Rose. Good to see you. Are you okay with Super E? I like it. Yeah, it's would good. You, you want a cake? Now, what, what, what would be your superhero colors, Emil? What would it be? I would say um, I would say red and blue. Red and blue. And yeah. what would be your superhero power? <laughs> Could you fly? Could you pick up, you know, boulders? What would it be? The the ability to have great quality recording on a, <laughs> on an interview. 
to just make it sound like somebody was always in studio when I was talking to him. This sounds like a job for spree. <laughs> in Dobie. Okay. Be the worst superpower. Well, not in public radio. That's true. Emil, tell folks why, why right now is so important and really cool. Yeah, when you give right now, you are in on a drawing to win a $250 Visa gift card. We're looking for first-time donations if you've never given to WABE. We're talking to you. Uh, this drawing is open to anyone who donates between now and the end of Closer Look. And right now, your odds of winning are one in one. Those are pretty good odds. Uh, your gift right now in this fundraiser helps us uh, bring you closer look on a daily basis, along with all of the other reasons that you listen to 90.1. So take a moment to give maybe your first donation to WABE. It's at wabe.org slash donate or give us a call 678-553-9090. My name is Brian Lipscomb and I'm from Johns Creek, Georgia. The reason I like Closer Look is Rose Scott brings the, the, the community to you. It's not like a national thing she talks about. A lot of the things that's going on in Atlanta or in Georgia, uh, and it just makes you more informed. A lot of the questions I would probably want to ask her guests, she's already asking them for me, so that right there is helping bring everything together. Thank you, Brian, from Johns Creek. I really appreciate it. The entire team appreciate what you have to say. It's vital to ask those tough questions. And, you know, we know that you need to know what's happening in your community. And I know you need someone who puts your interests first. That's why I always say, you out there, as I say, y'all, even though I got a listener that says he wants me to stop saying y'all, but I'm saying anyway. Y'all are the producers as well because you help you help us pick out some great segments, some great conversations. And a lot of times when I'm out in the community, people come up to me and they're like, hey, I haven't heard you do something about this. I appreciate that. I want that. We don't know all the answers. We know a little bit of the answers. But we hope that you all have answers for us in terms of what you want us to work on. What are those segments you want to hear? That's where WABE, yes, and me, Rose Scott, come in. That is also part of the public radio service your donations pay for. Really, it really is. I'm asking you to do your part right now to keep WABE and Closer Look here for everyone. It's really easy, Emil. WABE.org slash donate or call 678-553-9090. Yeah. Are you a member of WABE? Why not start your membership today with a sustaining gift of $10 a month? Because when you sign up as a monthly sustaining donor, that $10 a month uh, really gives uh, us a chance to invest in programming like Closer Look. Um, here on 90.1, uh, the, the programs that tell you powerful stories and fact-filled stories um, that, that bring voices from our community uh, to your radio every day. And your sustaining gift helps us continue to amplify the voices of Atlanta into the new year. We're planning for 2022. We want to know with more certainty how much we have to spend, how much we have to invest, and you can help us give that. The amount is up to you. You know what you can afford. Give as generously as you can. It is the season of giving, so we want you to uh, contribute to WABE today. A couple of ways to do it, wabe.org slash donate or on the phone at 678-553-9090. When you give to WABE as a new sustainer at $20 a month, we'll thank you with our never-before-offered T-shirt. The brand new WABE Amplified T-shirt is black and celebrates your favorite Atlanta radio hosts. Lisa Rayum, Lois Reitzes, Rose Scott, Jim Burris, and H. Johnson. 
It's the perfect winter fit for the WABE superfan. Donating at this level comes with one additional gift, the PBS streaming service Passport. It only takes a moment to give at wabe.org slash donate or with a call to 678-553-1990. Thank you. It's what I call Chardonnay music. And remember, when you give this afternoon, your name is going to be entered into a drawing to win a $250 Visa gift card. That's pretty cool. So for full contest details, just visit wabe.org slash contest rules. Your odds of winning are pretty good right now. One in one, because we just made the announcement. So please give at wabe.org slash donate or just call 678-553-9090. Incidentally, if you're listening to the evening rebroadcast later of Closer Look, guess what? We're also going to enter you into this drawing too. So be sure to give your gift as well during that time. Again, wabe.org slash donate or you can call 678-553-9090. And as always, thank you so much. Support for WABE comes from the Community Foundation for Greater Atlanta. You can go beyond giving to impact. Learn more at cfgreateratlanta.org. The field of mental health counseling is growing rapidly, and Richmond Graduate University can equip you with everything you need as a licensed professional counselor while integrating your faith into your clinical practice. Programs are offered in Atlanta, Chattanooga, and online. Apply today at richmont.edu. That's R-I-C-H-M-O-N-T dot E-D-U. And Closer Look continues now. This is 90.1 WABE, Atlanta's choice for NPR. As always, I'm Rose Scott. You know, sometimes overlooked in all the conversations regarding housing affordability, it's our senior population that can sometimes be left out. There's 10,000 seniors that enter the market every day in the United States, but there's not 10,000 units being built for them to live in. And, and so we need to, this is a crisis stage right now. We're not approaching a crisis stage. We're already in it. So let's get going. That's senior advocate Dorothy Dot Benson on Closer Look back in 2017. And she stressed the importance of people understanding the plight of seniors needing affordable housing. The thing is, there is no place for people to go. They need an apartment today not a year from now. And the only way that these apartments become available is somebody dies. Now, that's a gruesome thing to think about, but this is a fact. A person has to die or because you can't move out. Where do you move to, you know? Dot Benson, a voice for seniors, appearing on Closer Look back in 2017. A longtime resident of Sandy Springs, and Dorothy Benson was key in helping even create the Dorothy C. Benson Multipurpose Complex, working as an advocate well into her 90s for seniors in need of finding affordable housing. Dorothy Dot Benson passed away in November of 2018. She was 97 years old. And still the plight of seniors and affordability, well, it continues. 
Here's what we know. In 2019, the House Study Committee on Innovative Financial Options for Senior Living was created under House Resolution 533. Now, the focus of this committee was to explore ways to address affordable housing shortages and independent living options for seniors. And here's what they came up with. In the final report, Georgia's aging population it had been rising, and the biggest increase was going to happen between 2016 to 2040. Now, you think, well, Give me some numbers. Okay, in terms of numbers, that means Georgia's seniors ages 65 and up is going to increase from 1.3 million to 2.9 million. And the report also revealed that a large percentage of this population already live below the federal poverty level. If this is not addressed, what will happen? Well, locally in the city of Clarkston, Georgia, there are some efforts to address the senior housing shortage. I'm joined now by John Corcoran. He is the president of the Housing Development Corporation. He joins me now to talk about a new senior residence in Clarkston. It's the very first senior residential community, as we're going to find out. John, welcome to the program. Welcome. Thank you so much for inviting me. When you reflect and think about what Dorothy Dot Benson told us back in 2017, how much of that is still true to this day? It's uh, it's even more true today. Uh, the there is not nearly enough affordable housing for seniors being built, and uh, we why well, probably don't have any direct numbers on how many more we need. It, there's just an, an amount that we can't get to. Um, one example we have is. The, uh, we're affiliated with the Housing Authority of DeKalb County. Mm-hmm. And right now we have over 60,000 people, families and seniors, waiting for affordable housing in DeKalb County alone. Um, and we only have vouchers of about 4,000 to help those people every year. John, I want to make sure our listeners understand what you just said. 60,000 households, in a sense, which includes families and seniors, on a wait list. Were there only 4,000 4, available, I guess what we would call housing units or, or, or residents available? So we have four, what are called housing choice vouchers, mm-hmm. which allows uh, seniors or in families to go out and rent a market rate apartment complex. So we've, we have about 4,000 of those. And again, it's the same what was referenced before. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody has to die or leave the program for the next person, for us to access the next person in that six, list of 60,000 people. Uh, in addition, we build great projects like this uh, Star and Senior here in Clarkston, mm-hmm. which we we do use some of the housing choice vouchers to let people move in there. But we also are just trying to create additional affordable housing as a way to address that, that, that huge shortage. Well, John, let me ask you this, because I've asked this question so many times. I've, I get different answers. That's why I keep asking it. How do you define housing affordability that's that is the uh, uh, $64,000 question mm-hmm. in essence everybody defines it slightly differently mm-hmm. and I think that's where you're going to see so within the federal programs like within HUD um, it's primarily focused on people that make 30 percent or less than median family income Mm-hmm. Uh, the program that we used to build this star and senior uh, apartment complex was what was called the low income housing tax credit program. And that allows us to serve people at 30, 50 and 60 percent immediate family income. Um, but even when you're still talking about 60 percent immediate family income, you're talking about the bottom third mm-hmm. of the people, not even um, half. I mean, 
so there's even a bigger drastic need for people that make more than 60% of median family income, but make less than a hundred or 120% of median family income, because there's just no need or no federal public support for those mm -hmm. individuals that are just barely making it. So uh, one of the things we always talk about is this is this huge financial cliff for, for residents. So mm -hmm. if you below poverty, you've got this great, um, you've not a great support system. You've got a support system. The second you make more than poverty, you just start losing mm -hmm. tons of benefits and the, the amount of money you have to make to bridge that gap is it, it's difficult for most people to bridge that. Oh, gap. Absolutely. And that, and therein lies when some say it's a problem because there are perceptions about when we hear about low income, low wage earners, and there's a perception about, you know, who is accessing benefits and folks usually get it all wrong, you know, oh. because you, you can look, we know that for for some households, even if the income is one hundred thousand dollars, they still depend on depending on who's in the household. They still may meet the federal poverty line. Yes. And so, folks, how often do you have to try to explain to people, listen, let me let me let me break this down for you in terms of understanding what all this means, especially when folks start complaining about or maybe they have specific opinions about who is accessing these, these type of resources and who these people are. Yes. And so that's a common problem. I mean, the, the, the common misconception of who our residents are and what they do is just um, difficult uh, because there's such a, a stereotype that's been cast. Mm -hmm. um, when you look at most of our residents, whether it be seniors or, or family residents that we have, they have good jobs. They just don't make enough money mm -hmm. to afford rent in Atlanta. And anybody that lives in Atlanta in the last year has known rents have almost doubled. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It, it is crazy the, the amount of rent that, it, that it's gone up. So we're, we're going to enter in a whole new phase of affordable housing crisis. Mm. John, when we before we get more into your new facility here, let folks know kind of what you all are doing at the Housing Development Corporation. So we are a nonprofit that is affiliated with the Housing Authority of Cab County, um, and what we do is we go out and develop and build new affordable housing primarily into Cab County uh, because that was our mission. Um, so we have built, I want to say. We are now at 16 apartment complexes that you we've built in and around DeKalb County, mm -hmm. uh, where we do provide affordable housing, um, mainly at that 60% or less of median family income. And um, so that's primary, our, our primary job. So you are a, are a nonprofit real estate company, so to speak? Yes. So we're a nonprofit real estate company. So the great thing is that uh, we take all of our earnings and we reinvest it back in the community and to generate more affordable housing. How key is something, an entity like this, whether it's in DeKalb or here in Fulton County, in the Atlanta area? Because when you talk to even whether it's folks running to be mayor and even our, our mayor elect Andre Dickens talking about it will take and all the candidates talked about it will take public private partnerships to address the housing afford affordability needs here, not just in Atlanta, but the entire region. You agree with that then? It's gonna take public-private partnerships. 
oh, it most definitely is going to take a public-private partnerships. And what we did with the DeKalb County uh, Housing Authority uh, in, and under the leadership of Pete Walker, we've kind of created our own little development company because we weren't able to attract all the private entrepreneurs or private developers to our program. So we saw a huge need that we saw that we could come in and fill and do it with a great deal of um, success. But you all are also up against, if you're buying, looking to buy property, looking to buy land, it's available. You are up against the development that might, you know, for profit interest. And there's nothing wrong with developers, obviously. I'll get an email. Don't worry. But you all are, <laughs> uh, you all are up against that and you're up against, you know, what the market is calling for in terms of if you're a developer and you can get $1,800 for 400 square feet and 600 units of that, it's not bad. But you no, all are up against not. machines like that. Oh, we, we, we fight those machines every day. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with it. I, I mean, I, in a previous life, I was one of those developers. So mm-hmm. I understand completely. Um, but we, we do have mechanisms. And that, that's one of the tools that we use to finance. Uh, and I mentioned that earlier was the uh, low-income housing tax credit program. So by us agreeing to keep our rents low, we get a federal and a state tax credit mm-hmm. Um to, to do that. And we turn around and sell that federal and state tax credit to banks, insurance companies, corporations. And that's how we get our equity and we're able mm. to keep our rents at a lower level. Well, let's talk about this new senior community uh, residence in Clarkston. Exactly how many units here? And and I, I, I know for, I got emails already, folks wanting more information. Um, you have units available first. Somebody just <laughs> Rosa, are units yeah. available for my aunt? I mean, yeah. Take yes, us we this. have units available. We actually we just opened the facility in June. We are about half full at this point. So I think we're about 50, a little over 50 percent occupied. I think we've got applications for about 75 percent of the property at this point. Uh, but we 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 need more uh, residents to come apply uh, and everybody would. So there's 128 units at this property in Clarkston. Mm-hmm. It's really a great. Where's it located? Awesome, uh, it is on Clarkston Industrial kind of work um are you familiar with the starn senior center or um starn senior with um decab technical college give me a road give me a road uh montreal yeah gotcha okay so you're over there so 128 so, units 128 units um it's located nice because if you go up montreal you are at the uh emory hospital campus there Mm -hmm. if you come south you're at the decab medical center it's really centrally located within those areas um all the residents in our complex have to be 62 or older um our rents range depending on what income you make Mm -hmm. our rents range from 485 dollars a month to a thousand almost 1200 dollars and that does include all of your utilities You accept pets because we love animals, John. We accept service animals. John. <laughs> I'm about to put you on blast, John. I know, I know. It's okay, John. We, we, everybody loves pets, but yeah. it, it's a it's a challenge. It Especially is. this is a uh, four story mid rise building. Gotcha. It's it's not really easy to walk out and let your pet out. This type of facility, and you're all saying it's the first of its kind for the city of Clarkston? It is the first one 
built in the city of Clarkston. We have built, I think, 12 other properties like that around DeKalb County. Um, and we're, we're actively under contract on several other ones. Now let's talk about the units themselves. One bedrooms, options, two. What do you got there? So we do all one bed. We have all one bedrooms, mm-hmm. or we have primarily one bedrooms, and we have some efficiencies. Uh, we would love to build more two bedrooms, but under federal regulations, uh, it is really hard for a single a senior person to qualify for two bedrooms. Really. Yeah, there's occupancy guidelines that we have to fulfill or to meet our requirements under these uh, the tax credits that we get. Hmm. And you said you're about 25%. What was the percentage you mentioned in terms of uh, occupancy here? What do you have? We're, we're 50% 50%? occupied, and I think we have applications for about 70% of it at this point. And again, because I just had another email, someone wanted to go over the criteria again for applicants. So they have to be, everybody in the household has to be 62 or older, mm-hmm. and they have to make less than 80% of median family income. Mm-hmm. So, and then to get to the lower rents, um, if you're below 30% of median family income, you obviously qualify for the lower rents. If you're at 50% of median family income, it's a different rent. 60% is another rent. And you anticipate having more of these type of senior communities as well? Yes, uh, we are actually, we have a great partnership with MARTA to do a transit-oriented development at the Kensington MARTA station. And we will be doing um, 130 senior uh, units there, as well as uh, 120 market rate units there. And and if folks want to find out more information about these Starn senior residences, how can they do that? Uh, They can reach out to our website. It's the hdc.org um t-h-e-h-d-c.org and or they can um i wish i had the phone number here it's okay in front of me. but they can go to a website or if they someone wants to email me we'll give them the information so we really appreciate it john before Correct. i let you go and it's a question everyone i've been asking uh, as they come on this show as we end 2021 and that's their outlook for 2022 not only as it relates to the pandemic but now since you and I are talking about housing affordability you know where do you see what needs to happen within the next year because everyone has mentioned it's from using the word tsunami to a crisis to you know epidemic in terms of a housing affordability how do you see this region where it will be in in another year from now unfortunately I I would love to be optimistic and say that's like something that we're going to solve. Um, but it's going to take a, a lot more um, investment uh, to, to make this happen. And unfortunately, we're just going to continue to slip uh, because I think as the cost of land continues to go up and the cost of rents continue to go up, we're just going to put more and more people at, enough, at a risk, whether seniors or families. Hmm. John Corcoran, the president of the Housing Development Corporation. Thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it. Good conversation. I'm pretty sure we'll have more as it relates to affordable housing because this is an issue that just, well, it keeps going. Yes, it does. Thank Thank you you so much. All right. And Closer Look continues now. I like that music selection from producer Daniel Razel. Senior producer Sam Whitehead commented, puts you in a Dave Brubeck state of mind. 
Really? They brew back? Okay. All right. I'm going to take five. Take five. Okay. <laughs> well, that's all. Just listen to it for a minute. the Caesar salad with the house wine. <laughs> Closer look continues now. You know, the reason we have a fundraiser like this, other than playing some really cool music that producer Daniel Razel picks out, is that we're looking for donations to help cover the cost of programs like Closer Look and the conversations that you hear every day, like the one we just had about housing affordability and particularly for our, a population that's often we don't say much about, and that is a senior population. So please take a moment to give your December gift at wabe.org slash donate or, you know, give us a call, 678-553-9090. I'm joined this hour by our WABE business and tech reporter, Emil Moffitt. And Emil, you know, because you do it every day too, conversations Issues, stories that matter, quality of life issues, I say all the time. You all do that in WAB Newsroom, been doing it for years. Yeah, that, that's kind of the goal of, of WABE and, and public radio stations across the country is to reflect the, the community and reflect what conversations are taking place uh, around the community. And that's certainly one that's taking place every day in Atlanta is mm-hmm. how uh, do we achieve affordable housing and make sure that people can uh, can can live in a, in a safe uh, environment and live in a comfortable environment and, and live and work and enjoy life uh, here in Metro Atlanta. And so certainly an important conversation, especially for the senior population. Um, and, you know, if you enjoy programs like Closer Look, why not contribute to WABE today? Um, we're looking to cover the cost to uh, provide these programs, to produce these programs. And right now, when you give, you'll be eligible for a $250 Visa gift card. The mm-hmm. drawing is open to those who give right now during Closer Look, and your odds of winning, they're pretty good. One in three right now, so 33% odds of, of winning that $250 gift card. You can give at wabe.org. You can also give at 678-553-9090. You're not doing this for the gift card, though. You're doing it because you value programs like Closer Look, like City Lights, so all the programs on WABE that bring you conversations about affordable housing, conversations with city leaders, like we'll hear in just a few moments. Um, this is what you give to Public Radio for. My name is Gabrielle, and I am from East Point, Georgia. I feel like on television, on the news, it's a lot of noise and a lot of people just talking and not really saying anything. And on WABE, I feel like the conversations that are had are at a higher level. My favorite show to listen to on WABE is Closer Look. I really enjoy the topics that they discuss. But the things that I really appreciate is that they really go into really specific detail in the day-to-day, behind-the-scenes things that are happening in Atlanta that nobody else is talking about. Conversations at a level that we hope everyone, no matter where you live, no matter where you're listening or how you're listening, we hope these are conversations that you all enjoy. Thank you so much, Gabrielle of East Point. You know, she sees a value in the great conversations that you find on WABE and on shows like Closer Look, City Lights, anything with H. Johnson. He's my guy. When you give a few dollars right now, you're helping to fund it. You really are. So we're asking, take a few moments to do so now at WABE.org slash donate 
or with a call to 678-553-9090. And as always, we say thank you. Yeah, we never waste uh, your investment here at WABE. When you give, you know that your uh, hard-earned dollar is going to contribute to, to programs like Closer Look. And why not consider a monthly gift? It's called a sustaining membership, and it really is the easiest way that you can make a difference here at WABE. And the good thing is, you, you once you sign up for it, you don't have to worry about giving uh, on a monthly basis. It automatically does it. And if something changes in your life and you need to, to uh, you know go down a level or even go up a level because maybe you can afford a little bit more, uh, then you can do that uh, very easily. So it's a, it's a gift that really makes a difference as we go about planning for 2022. Maybe you could do $10 a month. It doesn't matter what you give. The point is to support a WABE and Closer Look. You can do so, wabe.org slash donate. Just takes a few minutes or give us a call at 678-553-9090. WABE is partnering with Dancing Goats to bring you coffee that is ethically sourced, sustainably crafted, and roasted locally. When you give to WABE as a new sustainer at $15 a month, we'd like to thank you with our popular Forever I Love Atlanta mug and a 12-ounce pack of Dancing Goats Blend Coffee. The mug features hand-drawn designs of some of Atlanta's most familiar landmarks, and it was designed by local artist India Nabarro. You can choose from four coffee varieties decaf, regular, whole bean, and percolator. With your gift, you'll also receive the PBS streaming channel Passport. By making a donation, you're amplifying the good by supporting WABE's long-standing tradition of quality reporting that connects you to Atlanta and beyond. It only takes a moment to give at wabe.org donate or with a call to 678-553-1990. Thank you. Yes, thank you. And it's a very cool mug indeed. And remember, when you donate right now, your name is being entered into this drawing to win a $250 Visa gift card. That's pretty cool. This is open to everyone who donates between now and the end of Closer Look. And right now, your odds are pretty good. What is it, about one in four that we're looking at? Not bad. This is for new renewing members, sustainers who upgrade their donations. Even for those who give something just a little extra right now, we really appreciate it. Basically, anyone who gives right now during Closer Look, guess what? You will be entered into that drawing to win a $250 Visa gift card. So look, since you're listening right now, why not make what could be your very first public radio gift? It's really easy. Give us a call at 678-553-9090. We'll walk you through the process or online. It's really easy. WABE.org slash donate. Important community conversations. That's what we do, Emil. You know that. And making sure we're out in the community. Now, next month, another new chapter begins when Andre Dickens is sworn in as Atlanta's 61st mayor. And there are lots of challenges awaiting him, like, for example, housing affordability for residents, helping them feel safe amid a rise in violent crime. Just a few. Now, I spoke with Mayor-elect Dickens earlier this week. We discussed a lot. We discussed his plans within the first 100 days in office and starting with how he hopes to address the current city of Buckhead movement. Yeah, Buckhead, it feels like 
they want to be safe and they want to be heard. The mayor needs to be responsive to them, and also they want the city services to be improved. We can take care of all that in the first 120 days. You'll start seeing the city services improved, and you'll start to see a lot of our efforts towards reducing violent crime in our city. Have you met with this group? The Buckhead Group. The separatists, no. I'm meeting with the individuals that want to stay, mm -hmm. and then I'm meeting with the folks that want to leave. So I've met with several of the, the leaders of the United Atlanta, the movement to stay, mm -hmm. but those individuals like Bill White and others that want to leave, I'm serving, saving that for next week. You campaigned on tackling Atlanta's what you call generational problems. Mm -hmm. So what's on the top of that list? Poverty. That poverty that continues to persist no matter who's in office. And that is our problem that shows up as homelessness. It shows up as evicted people. It shows up as abandoned properties. It also sometimes shows up as crime. we got to solve that problem. Speaking of property, because when it comes to housing affordability, and this is an ongoing initiative, so it's not new for your administration, which will be, but you said one factor could be building on publicly owned vacant land. Mm -hmm. And the Atlanta Housing Authority owns a lot of it. Sure does. However, and you know Eugene Jones, the CEO, mm -hmm. he says that that's not so easy. How do you propose working with this agency? Yeah, I mean, I, I respect Eugene, and I'm I'm hopeful that whatever he said, it was a lot more than that it was difficult. I'm hoping that he said what I need him to say, which is, uh, we're going to do it, even though well, it's difficult. Well, he said it could take years. Developments could take years. Well, yeah, I mean, and... Right now, if you're a private developer and you want to build one of these apartment complexes, it's going to take you about 18 months to two years. But with the red tape with federals, federal governments and the grants, it might add on a year to that. But in my first term, if I'm blessed to have two terms, we're going to build on Atlanta Housing Authority land. We're going to Bowen. We're going to Herndon. We're going to Inglewood. We must. HUD Secretary Fudge, we've had our set up for our meeting, So I'm and I'm going to D.C. next Tuesday. I mean, I'm on it already. You told me during one of the forums that I moderated, you made a promise that you would probably need to renegotiate. For example, let's start with Microsoft. What's come over to Grove Park? Uh, you said you wanted to also be instrumental in terms of what's going to happen with the Mall West End. Mm -hmm. well, those are two promises you plan to keep. Yeah, absolutely. I'm having conversations about the Mall West End. I really want to see that happen in the first six to 12 months to have a deal inked and ready to go that the citizens will be excited about that also preserves affordability, builds some units of affordable housing in there, and also has a place for even in the commercial aspects of it that small businesses can afford. Big developments like with Microsoft, we know what's happening with the Gulch. And has there always been too much given to these big time developers and not enough for the communities that it envelops? Yeah, I think there's been times where I voted no on deals because I wanted to see more for the community. I love the logos, Atlanta being headquarters to all these, uh, you know, Fortune 500 companies. But I love my people even more. So I'm not going to go out there just for the logo and lose the efforts to make sure that people can actually live in the city and be ex have access to jobs. We have to develop win-win-wins. We can't have win-win losses. I will say no to a deal if until it looks like what the citizens would be satisfied with. That does include 
going back over whatever Microsoft is offering and whatever you feel like is missing. Yeah. Now, the good the, the thing about Microsoft, they haven't asked for any government assistance. They just bought land. That's mm-hmm. a huge amount of land there. But I've been in talks with them about training our local residents to get these $60,000, dollars $100,000 jobs, making sure that they have contracting opportunities for our local uh, construction crews, and to do some good in the community with the nonprofits and the schools. They're committing to it. Now, when I become mayor, I'll make sure that the ink looks right. Do you need to search for a new chief of police? We are about to have a lot of hiring going on in my administration. And uh, police are a rank and file order. They need to know who's the boss. And right now, for what it's worth, I think that we can keep Rodney Bryan for the first 100 days. Chief Bryan and I are having conversations about what that looks like. But for me, it's metrics driven, Uh, bringing down the violent crime rate, making sure that we hire new officers at a certain rate to be able to get to the 250 that I'm trying to see added. Is the hiring of new officers the key factor here in bringing down the violent crime? Or are there some other optics around that you want to address? Right. It is both having more officers, but how you utilize those officers, how connected to the community they are, and how present and visible they are, especially when they're trained to de-escalate situations. What have they told you? Have you talked to zone commanders? Have you talked to the officers in the community to see what perhaps solutions they may have? They're the ones that are out there. Yeah, so zone commanders are, and and I'm going to go and as soon as I leave here, I'm going to zone two roll call and zone three roll call Mm -hmm. and meet with those officers, look them in the eye and talk to them. This will be my first time since being mayor-elect. I've done that in the past. But what they tell me, and I'll I'll, I'll report back to you, I bet you when I go, there's 14 beats, and I'll bet you 10 to 11 of them will be filled, and there'll be three beats that no one is covering. So essentially— What does that say to you then? That we have an officer shortage. And so that means that, you know, folks are going to have to cover other people's territory, which means backup comes slower. Does it also mean that perhaps with some of the calls that these officers are responding to, perhaps you need to delegate out? And I believe you said during the the PAD initiative Mm -hmm. that you want to expand that program so that officers aren't necessarily answering those calls, which may be what you call low incident or or non-threatening. Yeah, yeah. These non-emergency, non-violent, you know, incidents where you have somebody outside of a restaurant that's experiencing a mental health challenge. I believe we should send specialists because I want the police officer ready to patrol these neighborhoods to make sure somebody's not breaking in. I think that violent crime can be only dealt with with police officers uh, once the issue is, is taking place. But there's several agencies that can help with homelessness, that can help with mental health challenges. And we have to get those things underway and start that part of our operations. I do want to get to some issues that you were will con- inherit, so to speak, because they were still under uh, even before Mayor Bottoms. But the neighborhood of People's Town, mm-hmm. this has been going on for a long time. I believe there may be three or four neighbor households left. I'm not sure the exact number. What is the best remedy for that? Because I believe those households have been served with evictions. Mm-hmm. Folks say they want to stay. They say there's no flooding. What do you plan to do about this? Yeah, this is a dynamic issue. It's a it's a tough one because you got four houses left on this whole block, and those four houses are occupied by people. Um, three of them are occupied by the original residences, and one is occupied by the daughter of Maddie Jackson, mm-hmm. and. 
we are trying to find us. I don't want anybody evicted. I don't want anybody evicted. It's about to be cold outside. I want us to make sure that people have a place to stay. Um, so one is making sure that doesn't happen. Two is uh, these these properties were they belong to the city now. They, that that eminent domain happened. All right. In the past. Sure. And so now finding a solution that resolves the flooding but preserves these houses, I'm looking at all of the engineering right now. This and is, you are an engineer, I'm so an engineer. you can read the blueprints and diagrams. That's and you, right. you of all people know what's factual and what's not. Right. Well, I, I, I was an engineer. <laughs> I decided <laughs> to become a mayor-elect. But, yes, I've I, I read some drawings before. So I'm going to look at it with trained experts and say, how can this – you know, what it is is a retention pond and vault. How can this vault be drawn in a certain way that preserves those houses? And if it can, let's do it. If it can't, then we have to go back to them and say, hey, it's just absolutely an impossibility. And I want to make sure that we go through that process. We know that Mayor Reed and then Governor Nathan Deal had a pretty good relationship. Uh, it is very clear that Mayor Bottoms and Governor Kemp did not. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you, what is your relationship with? Governor Kemp. Yeah, I've talked to Governor Kemp by phone a couple of times. He congratulated me the other day. He called me after the election, right before I even was, you know, able to even call others. He was very, you know, excited and thankful uh, or, or congratulatory. He and I are going to meet for breakfast. I've talked to Speaker Ralston, who's the Speaker of the House. I've you want to take him to Busy B? You should take him to Busy B. <laughs> <laughs> the next meeting, uh, this one he called it, uh, you know, so he's picked the spot. Uh, but we got a uh, lieutenant governor and others. I'm talking to these Republicans in the state house, and I want to. It's a big. Sure. It's a big election year, uh, 2022. Uh, you expect those relationships? Y'all gonna still be hanging out, having breakfast? Uh, well, you know, I, I got a friend named Stacy. <laughs> I was uh, if they check my social media, they they scroll up. They're going to see me every other day with a Stacy shirt on back, in, you know, 18. But um, I, I don't think that our politics would get in the way of what we know is good for the city. If if, if anybody that's running for governor or state or, or a U.S. Senate is smart, they're going to say making sure that the mayor of Atlanta is in good relationship with them is helpful in their in their future. Describe your leadership style. Visionary, inclusive, uh, and uh, entrepreneurial, but um, with integrity. Are you hardest on yourself or is mom? (laughs) No, my mom is not hard on me anymore at all. Let my sister tell it is Dre, 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 Dre. (laughs) Everything is Dre. And I say, hey, you know, what's wrong with that? But she she. She has to put up with hearing all my mom loving me stories. But um, I'm hard on myself. Every every time I give a speech, I say, I forgot to say this. I forgot to say that. And are you one who will admit to missteps, mistakes? Yeah, I have to uh, because forgiveness is a part of uh, good leadership, too. So I, I'm going to have to forgive some people, and I'm going to ask for some forgiveness if I make a mistake. So, yeah, I, let's do it. If I make a mistake, I'll own up to it. Just don't beat me up when I have to come on your show and say, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) He is Adamsville, Mayor-elect Andre Dickens. Thank you for taking the time. Till the next time, come back and talk some more. All right, will do. Definitely.
tell you, Emil, producer Daniel was on it today. I gave him a task. I said, I want some jazz today. And he, he came through. We'll continue to cover Andre Dickens, mayor-elect Andre Dickens and his administration, not only here on Closer Look, but in our WABE newsroom as well. All of this taking place here on 90.1 WABE. I am Rose Scott, joined by our WABE business and tech reporter, Emil Moffitt. What a quick reminder that giving a few dollars will help Help us create meaningful insight and context to what's happening right here in Atlanta. Just like part of the conversation you just heard that we had earlier in the week with Andre Dickens, Mayor-elect Andre Dickens. And for you can revisit the full conversation online at WABE.org. And just with a few minutes to go, we've got another good reason for you to give right now. Tell them, Emil. Yeah, an extra incentive uh, to become a sustaining member of WABE. And that's a $250 Visa gift card. Wouldn't that come in handy around the holidays, but you're not giving because of that. You're giving because of the quality programming like Closer Look that you hear, you enjoy every day here on WABE. Uh, Your odds are pretty good right now, one in six. Um, If you get in before uh, the top of the hour, so you have about four minutes left, but um, it can be a new member. It can be somebody renewing their annual gift. Um, Or even if you want to give a one-time gift, you'll be entered in that drawing. Just a few minutes left, so make sure that you help us finish 2021 strong. WABE.org slash donate, or pick up the phone and call 678-553-9090. For millions of listeners, public radio is about stories that bring the news home. Some listen for arts, others politics. But everyone listens for reliable information when our country faces a big challenge. From the 1971 Vietnam protests. For these young Americans, today was a major test of their commitment to the ethical code of the young and the angry. It was their freedom ride, their summer march, their May Day. To Watergate. A resolution to impeach President Nixon was introduced in the House today by Massachusetts Democrat Robert Drinan. And how COVID-19 is altering our lives in countless ways. A lot of our customers are coming in in masks, and I appreciate that. And I like to think it's not just for their own health, but it's for ours. You rely on public radio for news and analysis you can trust. Here's how you can support it. Yes, it's real easy. WABE.org slash donate or 678-553-9090. You know, Emil, hearing those clips, and I'm reminded, and we always are reminded how 2021 does mark 50 years of NPR. And that's 50 years of, listen, fact-based, reliable journalism. And we're about to start another amazing year of that same trusted news source. And you think about when breaking news happens. And, of course, Emil, you know, as well as the producers here, when breaking news happens, often we have to shift and change. We've done it here on Closer Look. We've done it in the newsroom. Uh, You think about today, major news from the Supreme Court, uh, which won't stop the Texas abortion ban, but it will let clinics sue. You know, information like that, you know, as it comes out, that's what we're supposed to do. Disseminate facts, credible information. Make sure I add that C word. No matter how long you've been listening, you're here because you value what you find here. So please make your first ever gift today in celebration of all you find here at WABE and NPR. It's easy. WABE.org slash donate or call 678-553-9090. And as always, thank you so much. Yeah, we want WABE to be the place that you go when there's breaking news, when there's information that you want to hear about what's going on in the world, that you know that you can tune in to WABE, you can tune in to NPR programs to hear 
the facts and to hear context and to, to where we'll take time to delve into a topic in conversation of what does this mean, why is this happening, and that's something that you can't find on a lot of other media sources that you rely on public radio. So consider becoming a sustaining member, maybe $10 a month. That's our most popular level. Think about, uh, you know, you may spend 10 to $15 on a streaming service every month, but that's not with you in the car everywhere you go. That's not with you when you wake up in the morning or before you go to you know, sleep at night. You live with with public radio, you live with WABE, you listen a lot. So $10 a month, $15 a month, that is a great bargain, a great investment in public radio. You can donate today, wabe.org slash donate or 678-553-9090. And if you do it in the next couple minutes during the final few moments of Closer Look, you'll be entered into that $250 Visa gift card drawing. Your odds right now are one in eight, so really good odds <laughs> to get that gift card. It's NPR's 50th anniversary, and to mark this milestone with your gift right now, we'd like to send you the NPR 50th anniversary mug. It's red on the inside and white on the outside and features the NPR 50th anniversary color logo. It's yours right now with a new monthly gift of $10 or a one-time gift of $120. Plus, you'll also receive the PBS streaming channel Passport. When you give right now, you're helping to pay for all the WABE programs you love. Plus, you're amplifying the good by funding fact-based, impartial news. Please give at wabe.org slash donate or with a call to 678-553-1990. Thank you. Yes, thank you. And that is a really, really cool NPR 50th mug. You got to check it out. Again, make your December gift right now at wabe.org slash donate or with a call to 678-553-9090. Again, to everyone who is making a donation in the next minute or so, you will be automatically entered to win that $250 Visa gift card. Again, it's at wabe.org slash donate or, yes, 678-553-9090. Thank you so much and good luck. And that is it for this edition of Closer Look. Emil, thanks for hanging out. I really appreciate it. Good to be here. Enjoyed it, Rose. I know. Come, you coming back? I'll be here Monday. There we go. We're going to talk sports. <laughs> Sounds great. We got it. A reminder to let us know your thoughts on today's program or any other. Send me, send me an email, rose at wabe.org. And, of course, you know we have a podcast. Subscribe to Closer Look wherever you like. And then tonight again at 7 p.m. Stay tuned to 90.1 WABE. This is Atlanta's Choice for NPR, where we're amplifying voices. I'm Rose Scott. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. The Gold Dome Scramble podcast is now plugged in, a WABE politics podcast. New name, same on-the-ground reporting from us, WABE politics reporters Sam Greenglass and Raul Bally. We'll cover local, state, and national politics as we talk to politicians and voters to break down each week's biggest headlines. New episodes drop on Fridays. Listen and subscribe at WABE.org or your favorite podcast platform. WABE. 